Hi everyone, welcome to Wrong Book Pod, Inclusively Yours. It's Danny, and I'm here with El Penelope, also known as Leslie, who's one of my in real life people that I know. <laughs> she, she's the author of the Earth Singer Chronicle series, but she also hosts her own podcast, My Imaginary Friends. So hi, Leslie. Hi, Danny. Thank you so much for having me here. <laughs> I'm glad for you to be here. Like I said, I know you in a real life. Right. Because <laughs> I, um, I remember we met at, I think I saw you on two panels. You were on one of the romance panels at um, the Baltimore Book Festival, but you were also on one of the the sci-fi, like, fantasy panels that right. they had at, like, the a little, like, I know, like, exactly, like, where the sections were. So it was, like, like when they first had it and they had the romance kind of in the back part. Uh-huh. When you come around the harbor, and like when you first make that turn, yeah. that's where they had like the fantasy people at right there. Yeah, I would do double yeah. duty at that. I would do the Maryland Romance Writers. We had a whole stage and like all three days of content. And then the CIFWA, Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers of America, had a totally different stage. And so the past couple of years, I've been running back and forth. Like I'll have a romance panel at three and a sci fi panel at four. And it's been a little crazy. But I mean, right. it's fun. But yeah, it's it's a lot. <laughs> So this month we're talking about sci-fi fantasy romance. And it's funny because recently I just saw a tweet. And I honestly cannot remember. Somebody had tweeted about HBO mm-hmm. and how Game of Thrones did so well for them that mm-hmm. they really didn't have anything to follow that up with when it went off. And somebody else had tweeted about how they really liked fantasy and sci-fi shows but they don't really read it that much and I was like that is so me because like (laughs) I really like like I watched the Killjoys that was like one of my favorite shows on sci-fi um they had another show that got canceled but I really liked it it was called Dark Matter and they were like in space I tried to watch The Expanse, but I think it was, like, getting too confusing for me so I have to go back and try to watch it again but I really like the shows but I really am not really into the like I've read Mm -hmm. a couple YA sci-fi fantasy stuff but as far as like in the romance category I'm not very well read in it I don't read it at all like just regular sci-fi fantasy I really don't read that and it's very very rare to read black romance that's sci-fi fantasy I don't think we've really delved into that that much we're really just getting into I'm starting to see more just regular black authors writing it Mm -hmm. but I don't think the romance side has really delved into it so and you know I'm a big fan of your book I bought it like five times (laughs) thank you because there are three different versions unfortunately you kind of some people had you first when you first bought when you first had it when you were self-published I bought it Mm-hmm. And then when it came, I think, no, I think you changed your cover and you were like, it's the same book. I was like, I'll buy it again. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got it when you got with the publisher. I got the audio book. So I had like, I have like a bunch of copies. I was like, <laughs> let me just, I'm like, I'm just out here supporting people. That's back when I thought I was a millionaire and I just was buying books like I was a millionaire. I'm like, I'm just supporting everybody. <laughs> Well, support is appreciated, but yeah, there are definitely there are a couple different versions, unfortunately. Like, I know it's confusing, <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, no, I appreciate it. So you have the in your earth. I think I have your other book too. That's that's more the paranormal. I think it's called um yeah angel. What's it called again? So there's two. There's angel born and then um angel fall is the second one. Yeah, Those are my contemporary paranormal romance. Yeah, I have that one too. And um when your first book came out, I was well I have bought the first book from when you were self-published but you know how we are I didn't read it but <laughs> I'm sure you have like stacks and stacks of books right like and so then I was like when you when you got with the publisher and I was like I'm gonna get this I was like oh I bought this book but then I was like oh it's gonna have an audio version I'll just listen to the audio book like you know it's much easier like right. I have an easier time listening I'm like I'm just gonna listen to the audio book mm-hmm. so I have that well actually I have all three of your first three I have all of those on audio. And, and we're doing the um the novellas on audiobook. That should come out sometime soon from Audible. So cuz I know a lot of people love audiobooks and I'm, I self published the novellas in between the main novels and mm-hmm. so. Yeah, cuz I have those too. And oh, I didn't read them either and I'll pro- I'll always get stuff and then don't read it and then when it's like, "Oh, they came out with the audiobook. I'm just going to listen to the audiobook." Like <laughs> Because it's just easier to yeah. do anything and listen to an audiobook. Yeah. Because, like, some people say, like, oh, I clean and do this. I can't clean and my mind erases too much when I clean. Um, so I, I just like to sit and listen so I can just focus on the book. But I just can't sit and listen and not do anything. So I just be playing a little game, play Tetris or something like that and listen to all my audiobooks. It's funny how you can like sit and read and not do anything else, but when you're listening, you feel like you, you should be doing something. Like I should learn to right. knit so I can listen to audiobooks or play games. But reading takes up your focus. I've had to t- teach right. myself just to sit down and close my eyes and listen to audiobooks because it, it does feel wrong for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you're just not doing anything. Like, But it's easier for me to absorb it if I'm just sitting mm-hmm. it's just yeah I just like it better <laughs> and I, I'm easily distracted by stuff so like I can't I can't just like not do anything right but um the narrator I definitely recommend her she was really good her name is um Allison Johnston yeah she's she great. was really good yeah I really liked her and after I listened to her do your book I was like let me see what else she did because <laughs> um she was really good so your fourth book comes out this year? Right? Yeah, this August. Still, you still on because you know how with everything going on, you know they wanna oh it, yeah do crazy things with the books like I, how you can even write, but yeah. And it was tough because that book was due in April. I think the first version was due April first. So I, you know, we all went into quarantine in March, and I'm on deadline. And I'm, it was good for me because it took my mind off it. I was like, I'm going to focus on this deadline that I have on finishing this book. It was, you know, the fourth book in a four book series plus these novellas, but, and, and so it was really hard and it took all of my focus away. And so I was grateful to have that. And then I had to go back and do another version that was due, I think, October of 2020. And so for most of kind of the lockdown period, I was on deadlines and that really helped me a lot. (laughs) And the thing about your books is it's fantasy, but it's a lot of real world. Like a lot of times people will write fantasy and they'll have like these allegories for race and stuff. Mm-hmm. But your book actually is using race. So like was <laughs> it hard to write like 
even though you're in this fantasy world, you have like real world topics coming up in your books. Was it hard to write? And then like when you're really going through that kind of stuff in real time? Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, it brought up a lot of stuff. And I think that's why I felt like I had to put race in the book for real. Because yeah, like you said, there's a lot of allegories and people will use other like dwarves and elves as analogs for, um, you know, different different races for black people or other marginalized people or oppressed people. And, you know, I think that has a place, but at a certain point, you know, you want to see yourself in a book and especially as a black person writing fantasy, I want to see black people in the book and I wanted to show all different kinds of people. And so like it's second world fantasy, so it's not earth, it's not Africa, but there are brown people and black people in all different shades and they don't always get along and they find ways and find reasons to not get along with each other. They find reasons to hate each other. And some of that's magical in my world. And, you know, the first book does have a lot of, like, there's a refugee crisis. Well, all the books, it's kind of, it spreads throughout all of them. But I'm kind of pulling from real life and real struggles that people have. And so putting yourself into those characters is always really difficult. And the closer it is to things that you're seeing or things that you've gone through, then, yeah, it 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 brings up a lot of issues and it kind of is a, is a way to work through your feelings about that and to maybe get retribution on the page if you couldn't get it in real life <laughs> yeah so what drew you to like I said it's, there's not a lot of black authors writing fantasy what drew you to fantasy like versus any other genre you yeah. could have kept writing paranormal but you went to fantasy for this book what what kind of what was your thought pattern on that Everything I write ends up having something fantastical. Like I, I could sit down and try to write a contemporary and somebody's going to have magic. So <laughs> part of it is just being natural. Like I grew up watching Twilight Zone and shows like that, Outer Limits, Tales from the Dark Side. Just those things really spoke to me for some reason. And so something speculative, like some aspect of speculative fiction just feels really natural for me to write. Because I don't necessarily always want to be in the real world. You know, like I like the escapism of romance, no matter what kind of romance it is, it's still an escape. You know, there's a certain amount of fantasy in every subgenre of romance. And so when you actually put actual fantasy in it, it's just all all the better, you know? So yeah, it was just, it wasn't a conscious decision really. It was just like, okay, from the very first spark of this idea, uh, it just seemed like this was another, another world and uh, the other world had fantastical things happening in it. And that was just kind of writing that down. Right. And even just as romance period I don't think fantasy is as big I think the real big if you want to go like outside of contemporary the real big thing is um like I mean like outside of real world stuff Mm -hmm. it's really paranormal is Mm -hmm. more where people go like you really don't see as much fantasy in romance as you do even like most of the fantasy that I have read is always most of it's all been YA I don't think I've read I think I maybe have read maybe six or seven books that weren't like a series that Mm -hmm. are fantasy because it's just not I don't think that's really big in romance right Um, yeah and they don't know where to put you on the shelf you know yeah when I was self-publishing because I was an RWA and I was really in tune with the romance community, you know, I was trying to market as fantasy romance. St. Martin's Press, my publisher, puts it on the fantasy shelf and not on the romance shelf. And it really could 
could fit either place. So that's just like a marketing decision. But whenever you're writing cross genre, um, you're trying to pull the best from, from those genres. I think paranormal romance, because it has such a big tradition, like there's a lot, you know what that is. It makes sense. You've Mm -hmm. seen that a lot. Like the idea is, or the, the thinking out there in terms of like publishing companies is that your traditional fantasy reader is like, you know, a nerdy white guy. So they're not going to want romance in their books. So you're kind of breaching new territory a little bit when you're doing, I mean, there's plenty of people who have done it, but it is a much smaller market than contemporary or even paranormal. And so, yeah, it's just the marketing stuff. It's like when you deal with the business of it, it makes sense. I mean, I wasn't thinking about business when I started writing it. I was just like, this is a story I want to write. And I don't know where it's going to, I like to read it. So I'm going to find somebody else who likes to read this kind of thing too. (laughs) Right, right. And how we were talking about your um, novellas and stuff. The last one you published in the um, Under Winter Sky anthology mm-hmm. with other authors. Right. The other authors you per, um, you published with, I've read them, but I've read like their YA stuff, like I said, like <laughs> most of the time. That's where, except Jeffy Kennedy, I did read her and I didn't know. Well, actually, I've read her. It's um, The Orchard Throne. I read that mm-hmm. book by her. Yeah. And when I first read it, I was like, I thought this was going to be like fantasy, fantasy, but like something, it was like something in the book. I was like, it's not giving me the fantasy that I thought I was going to get. And then Mm. like at the very end, something happened in the book and I'm like, this is what I wanted. (laughs) And I was like, oh gosh, this is like all these like background machination stuff going on. I'm like, okay, this is the kind of stuff. I really wanted to see and I'm like oh yeah this is the fantasy that I like and I was just after I finished it I was like now I gotta wait for the next book to come out I'm like oh god yeah that book is a lot of like court intrigue I think yes and so yes I love court intrigue um, her heroine I was like this woman is she's towing a line too much I'm like I don't like this I'm like why is she towing the line so much and then at the end you realize why and I'm like oh yeah, yeah the anthology, really... a lot of, I mean, so the, it shows you kind of the the different ranges of fantasy romance, because you've got Jeffrey Kennedy, who does like second world epic fantasy romance, but in different ways, you know, and mm-hmm. kind of Grace Raven does that too, but Melissa Marr and Kelly Armstrong are more of, a little bit more urban fantasy, and yeah, and it just runs the gamut. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you were talking about YA, though, and like, I, yeah. I read a lot of I read a lot of YA fantasy for a long time. I, I don't do it anymore. And there's so much more out there now that I want to get back into it. But I just sort of fell in love with the actual romance. And I miss, I miss like right. the more adult, like not just the sex scenes, but like I just miss the adult kind of concepts and things yeah, that adults are yeah. dealing with, versus, like what teenagers are dealing with. So yeah. I'm way out of a YA period right now. But there's so many, yeah. especially like black YA fantasy is just exploding you know there's so many more books it really is it really is and even when I was trying to think of books I read this wasn't a romance but it was a sci it it had like sci-fi elements it was early departures by Justin A. Reynolds and it it had like a sci-fi element because like the character the main character he has like a falling out with his best friend over something that happened. Um, so they would have like a falling out over like a four year period. They mm-hmm. stopped being friends. And he he winds up, his best friend winds up dying, but they have like some procedure they can do that they can bring him back. But it's like only for like, um, I think like two or three months they can bring him back. 
but uh-huh. like he's trying to repair this friendship in this short period of time and I had never read any like YA sci-fi with like like pretty much all the characters were black and okay. I was like this is like really interesting yeah and he has another book that's more of a romance instead of always and in this book the hero well the main character his girlfriend dies and he it's kind of like a groundhog day type thing where he keeps going back trying to save her Mm -hmm. and those characters are both black and those are like one of the first things that I was like oh wow like I never really read like a sci-fi type thing with black characters that were young and even like some of the stuff that I have read is like more adult but not even the romance is like very light on romance. It's mm-hmm. not very yeah. heavy. Like, and that's what I prefer. And okay. I think that's why everything I've kind of like the stuff that I've read that was YA and I wound up reading because like Anna Geary, she writes in a whole bunch of different Oh, books. I love but Anna Geary. I started yeah. reading her YA books. And so okay. I had read like her, her like dystopia YA series. Mm-hmm. And then that, drew me to her um she has like a space series um yeah I read that one with the really weird alien um strange um, even before that um Um, hold on let me find the name of those books because this was even before that it was kind of like I have read Anna Gary's YA series and it led me to this series she has called Grim Space and it's a Sarantha Jack series and I don't know if it's like really, it, it it has romance in it, but I don't know if that character that she was in with in the beginning, I don't know if she's still with that character, like, because this has like a couple books and then it has a um spinoff series with a character that comes up in the books, but mm-hmm. this is all set in space. But like I read her YA and then when I finished those series, I was like, what else she got? And I'm like, oh, she wrote an adult, she wrote an adult space series. I'm like, let me read this. And then that seems like she's coming back around with that space series because now she has like the aliens and stuff. Yeah. And, but I haven't read those yet. But that book is wild. Like, yeah, yeah. I, really I, I think it's called I Strange really, Love. Yeah, she has the one called Strange Love, and then she has another one. And I think the character is like a, a um android oh, yeah. or something. I yeah. can't remember. Love yeah. code. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Because I haven't read that one yeah. yet. She was serializing that one, and I just don't like to read serials because I forget. So I wanted to wait until it was done. <laughs> <laughs> and I just don't like reading on the computer, so I just was yeah. like, I mean, I only let me let me rephrase that. I don't like reading on the computer at home. Like when I was sneak reading at work, I could read on. <laughs> I would just like have like I have like the Kindle Cloud reader up and Uh then like have my work page minimized (laughs) and then just be like reading on the side like do this do a little bit of work read a page do a little bit of work read a page but if I don't have to read on the computer I don't want to read on the computer. (laughs) Another yeah yeah I haven't I haven't read those yet but oh oh and I think they're they're on audio so I think I was gonna listen to the audio books. Yeah, I don't I don't read a ton of sci-fi romance. I do here and there, and a lot of times it's like more humanoid, obviously. But what she did mm-hmm. with Strange Love is like not even a humanoid. So the idea of how do you how are you intimate and how you love someone who doesn't have you're not like compatible physically is just really right. fascinating. But right. she does it really well, and you're it's really emotional. So 
<laughs> yeah, she is really good. Like she is like one of my faves. Another fantasy that I did read, and this author, she writes, and and it's funny now I'm thinking about it. The people that I know that write kind of fantasy stuff, they kind of really write cross genre. Mm-hmm. They write other stuff. They write YA because this author is Jennifer. Um, I think I think her last name is pronounced E Step. Yeah, that's how I always say. It. And she has a series called Kill the Queen. Yes. And it's like a fantasy, romance, political. And I also like that little, and your book does it too. I like the court intrigue Mm -hmm. that most fantasy has. So it's something going on with these court people. So I love that aspect of it. And she does that too. So um, the character in that book, like everybody has magic, but she thinks she doesn't have magic. But the thing is, her magic is like something specific that she didn't even know she could do. Like, they didn't even know this was something real. Right. But that yeah, that was a really fun really... book. And it's got like a, it's, it's historic, well, you know, it's second world fantasy, but it has a modern sensibility. So yeah. it's very, it's quick, fast paced. And it, yeah, that's a really good, I read the first in that series. I haven't, I always get the first book and then I can never finish the series, unfortunately. Let's. Not talk about that. That's <laughs> I had like every year, and then especially because we're at the beginning of the year, every year I have a list like my TBR is like series to finish. Mm-hmm. And every year I've never finished those series. <laughs> like I've had a list for like I've been doing this list for probably like the past three years and I've <laughs> never finished those books and even this year I was like I need to write down these series I need to finish because like I get so excited for them mm-hmm. and then like I kind of just don't I don't know if it's like I don't want it to end so yeah. I don't finish it because like I have TV shows that I've watched and I have like two episodes to watch. Like I can finish watching those two episodes, but like I don't know if I just don't want it to end. So I'm like, let me just leave those episodes unwatched. <laughs> I do that too with books. It's like I don't, yeah. Like I, I want to. Continue. I'm saving it for a rainy day sometimes. Yeah. It's like, I know this is gonna be good. I know it's gonna, and then it's gonna be over. So I'm just gonna save it for when I really, really need it, and then I'll, <laughs> I'll read it. Right. So I buy right. this series because I know a lot of times series, you know, might not get finished if people don't buy the books, but I don't mm-hmm. actually read them. <laughs> right that is like like I'm just like I'm waiting for the perfect for the perfect mood mm-hmm. and then I'm looking at it and I'm like let me hurry up and read this book and then I never read it but <laughs> I was also and it's not because like, I don't like it I just right I don't yeah know. like should this be the year when I read try to get through the stuff that's already on my kindle that I bought over the past couple of years and haven't read like just not even serious books but all the stuff like everything that I've stacked up and I look through and I'm like, okay, I really wanted to read that. I bought that like two years ago. Right, right. It's just a time thing. You know, I want infinite time in the day to read all my books. Right. I don't know how, because like before I was reading, like, I don't know, like, did the days change or something? Or like, <laughs> did my life change? I don't feel like my life changed. But like earlier when I first started doing the Goodreads challenges, I was reading like 300, 400 books. Oh, yeah. And this this month I struggled I struggled to get a hundred this year and it's not because like everything that was going on I just was like I think I just was watching TV but I wasn't even really <laughs> watching anything like you know <laughs> like I'm watching reruns of <laughs> investigation discovery like I wasn't even really watching anything I just was I don't know what I was doing I don't know I just was like 
yeah. avoiding reading. I think I, I think just didn't want to hold it. I need to make up a device that can hold a book for me. I think I just didn't want to hold a book in my hands. I just need something to, to like <laughs> where I can lean back and like <laughs> have the book be up in my face. That would be terrific. <laughs> Just turn the page. See, I, I need to get my patent on that. <laughs> patent on that project. Let me let me draw up a um prototype so I can get a patent. That'll that's, be my get rich way. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I buy it. Because <laughs> that's one of the reasons I like my Kindle so much. Because I, you know, I sprained my wrists last year, so that was a problem. So I had these two wrist braces on, and I realized I can't read a regular book. Like I can tap the Kindle, but even that is a little bit irritating. Right. Um. And so, yeah, like some sometimes holding the book is a is an impediment. And sometimes I think you just go through seasons. You know, like I've definitely been been in a down period of the past couple of months of reading, and I wasn't sure if it's like the pandemic catching up to me because at first I didn't have a problem reading. Like the first you know six months or so, I was like I was reading just as much as normal. But then at the end of last year, I really started to slow down, and I was watching a lot more TV. And I'm not a big TV watcher. Cause I just, I would rather use that time to read, but right. past couple of months, I've been just watching everything. <laughs> Same. I was just watching TV and I'm like, I don't even like this show. Like, why am I, I know, watching right? this? <laughs> right. <laughs> just watching TV. Yeah. So have you read, um, and this was on my list to read, but I haven't read it yet. And I bought the book and I, I think I bought the audio book too, but I still haven't gotten to it. The Blacksmith Queen by G.A. Aiken. Have yes, you read that? I have read that. Um, yeah, that's great. It's it's really funny. I mean, I haven't really read any of Shelley Lawrenceton. That's her other pen name. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, I was looking at just more fantasy romance to read. And it's mm-hmm. it's romance, but it's a little light on the romance it's much heavier on all the other stuff going on but the characters just leap off the page and if you've read anything by her you'll know that she's just a super funny writer who is like you kind of just wonder how she even manages to do what she does yeah, the world is really like, interesting too yeah and and I think that's like one thing that I like about fantasy I don't I don't like reading about the traditional monarchy mm-hmm. but but I like reading about it in fantasy because usually it's something underhanded about to happen. You know, it's <laughs> it's all about this. It, it's actually fantasy can be an allegory for like political stuff. Right. Because I definitely don't want to read anything political. Like even if it wasn't in these times, I still wouldn't want to read anything <laughs> political. But it's like an allegory for political stuff because you have like all these background machinations going on and people trying to become a rule and stab this person in the back and all that and then you have the people that are just trying to they just try to live their lives and they're getting drawn into this thing yeah. that's pretty much like like Jacinda she's mm-hmm. just trying to live her life she just gotta go pay the tax man that's all she's trying to do pay the tax man <laughs> just trying to pay her taxes at the end of the day who wrote a book right. about somebody who wants to pay their taxes like, right she's trying to pay her taxes she was, like, she was like look I ain't got time to go on no quest cause I gotta go talk to the she like look I even gotta get something with these papers she like either trip is gonna take me five days and I ain't got time to be doing all this extra stuff <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny that the court intrigue, like, yeah, nobody wants to read about actual politics, but when you put it in right. a fantasy world and you call it court intrigue, it makes it so much more palatable, just like everything else, you know, like, I don't, I'm not really going to pick up a book about slavery necessarily, like, I'm kind of done with that, but when right. you put it, you you change it and you take it away from our world and our baggage, you make it a little bit more palatable to 
to go through those experiences with other people. And then you, you're adding magic and you're adding things that soften it. While at the same time, you have those same themes. And if characters are really well drawn and written, then you're going through those emotions and you're understanding it. But like, it's not our world. You have to right, face right. it every day, you know, when we walk out the door. <laughs> right. Because I literally cannot read those. I'm I just, I'm just mad. Like, I, I just, I just can't read those kind of books because I'm just mad. Like, yeah. You, like, I'm mad. Like, you don't want to be mad. Like, you want to be mad. <laughs> so it's easier for me to read something where, and then I just like sometimes stuff is just too close to real life, and you're like, I don't want to read that. Yeah. But um, that made me think of uh, another book. I, I guess it's, I guess you could call it why. And this is another thing with fantasy when you were talking about people don't know how to shelve it. Because when I was looking up, I was trying to recall stuff about your book, and I was looking it up on um. Goodreads and people were calling it YA and I'm like this ain't yeah, YA it's not <laughs> so it's like you have the thing of you know do we even if it because even like some fantasy stuff that's not necessarily romance it has romance elements in it mm-hmm. yeah but it's it's not as heavy as fantasy romance so it's like do you shelve it as romance do you is it YA I don't think I've, and I've heard this before but they tend to want to put anything written by women as YA yes even if the lot. characters are not young and even if the topics that they're dealing with are like very adult like any other author they mm-hmm. would say this is an adult book but they want to say oh a woman because it's this a woman, is YA yeah. And that's been a, a conversation among, um, you know, fantasy writers, like adult adult SFF writers. I remember, remember I saw a tweet by C.L. Polk, and I haven't read Witchmark yet, but uh, she was saying that her character is like 30 years old, <laughs> but it was being shelved as YA. And it's just like, what what is happening, you know? Right, right. So the book I was thinking of is um, Graceling by Kristen Kishore. That is YA, yeah. I love yeah. that series. But yes. that book was so good and I think she's coming out with another one or something in that something in that world every couple years I look her up and I'm like has she written any other books and she hadn't for a long time so I would I would love to read whatever she has coming up because yeah Graceling and then I think Bitter Blue and Fire like that whole series of like interconnected That was a huge influence when I was reading YA. Also, um, Melina Marchetta has a, the first book is Finnegan of the Rock. And I adored that series. That was a huge influence on me too. I was like, I want to do this, but with adults and they're black. (laughs) (laughs) And and anytime I tell people about Graceling, listen to the audio book. It's a full cast audio book. And like when they do full cast, they have like different characters, different people play they have like one person that's like kind of like the narrator. It, it reads like a play. It sounds like a play, that's but it is the audio book is so good. Like that's like the first full cast audio book I ever listened to, and I was like, oh wow, this is so good. This is like super good. Yeah. <laughs> but I always recommend it to anybody. Listen to the audio book. I have to check that out because I haven't listened to very many full casts. I listened to like a novella that was a full cast, mm-hmm. but I think it's a, it's a really different experience than one narrator's interpretation. Because yeah, it, listening to my, my own audio books, just seeing what choices that she made and how she interpreted, like she chose different accents for people. Like I didn't tell her to do that. I was like, I wonder what right. made her think right. of that. Right. It's really interesting. <laughs> 
Yes, because I was reading, I was listening to one book, and I was like, how did they know to make this character Irish? I'm I like, he didn't say anything. And then, like, later on in the book, they was like, they said something Irish, and I was like, oh, okay. I'm like, cause I'm like, did they just make that choice? I'm like, that's kind of weird. But I'm like, maybe she read ahead and was like, oh, this character's supposed to be Irish. Yeah. But yeah, the, it was really good. And let me ask you about that. What what made you set it at? What what that comes to you? Like, let me set it in this time period. Because I always wonder when people write stuff, why do they decide this mm-hmm. certain time? Why do they decide like I'm gonna write this fantasy, but I'm gonna make it kind of like medieval times? Like what? What made you decide like, to make it that time period? The standard seems to be this like pseudo-European medieval fantasy. That's what you think of Tolkien, Game of Thrones, Wheel of Time. All of that stuff is that same time period. And it was just uninteresting to me. And mm-hmm. I wanted to, the first image I had in my head is one of the early scenes in Song of Blood and Stone where Jasminda is standing on her porch with a shotgun. And I'm like, okay, I need to have guns. So you have to have, you know, be at least, what, 18th, 19th century. Right. And I just wasn't interested in that same time period. And then I was like, well, it would be an interesting, like, tension to have between this magic and this burgeoning technology. And so it is an alternate 1920s kind of world. And um, so there's, there's cars, there's telephones. And then certain countries are more technologically advanced than others. Like Alcira, they're kind of Luddites. Like, they're afraid of technology and magic. They don't want too much of anything. So they've got some stuff, mm-hmm. but they didn't, they didn't take everything. And then later in the series, you'll go to an, another country where there's much more, you know, even just advanced technology of the 1920s. And I throw in a little bit of diesel punk in there, too, or like deco punk which like, you know, steampunk and like take steampunk like 30 years in the future with cars and diesel fuel and you've got diesel punk. Um, And so I was just trying to play with something I hadn't seen that much before and something that felt a little bit more relevant to me and that I could research a little more easily. Like I still had to do a bunch of research for the types of things that happened in the twenties, but then I just threw some magic on it. So I didn't have to care too much about it. Right. Right. (laughs) Because I was like looking up one time, okay, when did they invent fire extinguishers? Can I use a fire extinguisher? And I was like, oh, well, I could. But then, you know, I, so I just looked at, if it was about the 1920s or the early 30s, I could fudge it in my world, you know. Right, right, right. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I really enjoyed that aspect. Because like you said, it was it was different. And like you said, like those other times, that is really not interesting to me neither. I'm like, put put magic, like... I wonder how magic was like nobody talks about like if you have this emerging society plus you have magic like what would that mm-hmm. be like you always have it either in the current times where right. you have magic or it's like medieval times but yeah. it's never like that transitioning period from horse and buggy to the first car you never yeah. see it in those types of times so I really enjoyed that aspect of your book so let's talk about the last book in your series as much as you can without giving like too many spoilers like the one that's about to come out yeah so requiem of silence is the fourth book in the series the last one and everything's kind of been building here so we have a you know in the first book we have these two countries that have been at war off and on for 500 years one of them has magic one doesn't and they're they're separated by this invisible barrier called the mantle and um so at a certain point, you know, this, there's a, another war coming, brewing. And uh, and so it's it's really about all the characters that I've set up in the, 
the first three books. Jasminda is the heroine of the first book. And then we have these other characters who come through. And um, it's sort of about like whether these people can live together. Like, can can you find peace, lasting peace with people that that you have been at war with, that you've hated generationally? And how do we solve that issue? How do these people come together? And uh, that's kind of ultimately what the entire series is about. Like, can we all just get along? Right, right, right. <laughs> or, and maybe we can't, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> right, right. That's the thing. Maybe we can't. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll let's see how this play out. That's how we're going to go through, going into the book, you know. Like, right. let's, how we, let's see how this. And that's a lot of what I do like about, especially when you have fantasy. Because I'll, they tend to be that's like the only time I'm like okay with series like I don't like contemporaries that are series mm-hmm. but like if you have fantasy or something like okay let's let's see let's see what y'all getting into this time you know <laughs> but even like if you don't if if you want to write you because you can write a series that's Sometimes I've, I've, um, cause I was like, I was talking about Anna Gary before. Mm-hmm. She has a parent, a paranormal series that has like, um, she has like six books and like there's one big arc yeah. that crosses against all the books, but mm-hmm. then each book has their own individual thing. So, like, if you decided you wanted to stop reading at the third book, you would be fine. Like, those that people, the people in that book, their story would be finished. You might not know about the whole big thing, but that might be okay. But that might be a fine place for you to stop, mm-hmm. you know. So, I like that too. Whereas, I like the I can kind of stop and, like, okay, let me come back in because this you done left some nuggets. Because, like, your first one is um, Jacinda and Jack, and Jack, yeah, and this. Second one has different characters, but also like other minor characters. And then you come back to that first couple in the last book, them and some other characters. It's like kind of like the culmination of everything. Yeah, I I, tr- I was originally trying to do one couple per book. So I do have one major love story per book. And I'm not, I didn't mm. want to like come back and break people up. I don't like that. So, but they are a lot more interconnected. So while the first book, the first two books are a little bit more standalone, the second book, I don't think it's a cliffhanger, but people have told me it's a cliffhanger. So, <laughs> and the third yeah. book is definitely a cliffhanger. Well, because when I, when I um, started book. the second book, when mm-hmm. I started the second book, I was like, wait a minute, that's that dude, that's that dude that did the thing, that did the thing on right? him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the first two books are parallel in time, so th- theoretically, you could read the second one first if you are like an anarchist. <laughs> But like mm-hmm. they happen at the same time in different parts of the world. And so by book three, I bring everybody together. So books three and four is everybody. Mm-hmm. And you should, you need to, I mean, people have said that they've read book three as a standalone. So, you know, I try, I do try to like have it so that you understand what's happening if you start in the middle, but like ideally you just go, go in order. Right. Right, right. <laughs> Some people they like to live on the wild side. I know. Right? Like someone was just talking about that on Twitter. They were like, they were making a um some series. They said this series got fifteen books, and I started with book number eight. Like <laughs> they like, I just like to live reckless. Like go for they it. Like I read the whole series out of order. Like some people, I can't, I can't do that. I, I could read maybe like if it's three books, I might read the second one. I've read series where I like didn't read the first book, like if you didn't need to, and read like the second and third or whatever. But I just can't. I, even like one of those big series, I'm intimidated by big series Me because too. I feel like I have to read all the books, and then I'm like, I gotta start at book one, 
And right. then I'm looking it up. I'm like, you wrote this in 97? Like, what? <laughs> like, I gotta go back 20 years? Like, <laughs> even though I'm they might you. have like five books that they wrote over the 20, but I'm like, I gotta go all the way back here. Like, <laughs> it's just pressure. That like, I don't know I why I feel commit. like this unintended pressure on, now I gotta go all the way back. Like, it's not even like a pressure to buy the books, but it's like, man, I, y'all just, I can't, I can't <laughs> go back this <laughs> I've been reading a lot of novellas, like trying to get my my head back in the reading space. But yeah, if it's like a ten book series and there are one hundred and twenty thousand words or something, I at this point in my life, I, I can't commit to that. Maybe one day I'll come back and be like, okay, like when I retire or something. Right, right. <laughs> like let me go back to their book that had fifteen books in the series, because um I had just downloaded from the library. What's the lady name? Jessie. I don't know how to pronounce her. Oh, Jessie Mahalik. Yeah. Um, she has the Queen's Gambit, and I was like, oh, this is only four hours on the audiobook. That's right on time for me. <laughs> <laughs> I said, because I could ask, I, I was looking at a book the other day in the audio. I said, 12 hours? Mm, yeah. And authors, because of the audio credit, they're like, you know, authors are kind of told, especially indie authors, make your audiobooks really long because people don't want to use their credit on a short book. But I've met plenty of readers who are like, I don't want to listen to a 35 hour audiobook. Yeah. I just don't I won't use a credit, but I'll just like go ahead and spend the the $4.95 or the $6.95. I'm like, just use, I'll just pay straight cash for it. Right. Like, I just don't want to read nothing real long. So, um, We talked about some books that you, but do you have any other um, recs that you would give the listeners? Yeah, I think if you're looking for real, so erotic science fiction romance, uh, Inez Johnson has a series called A Pleasure Hound, which is MMF, I believe. And it's like a futuristic world that's like solar punk, where there's no women. And so each woman gets two men because there's not enough women to go around. Uh, but it's really like it's a it's it's a utopian future that's solar punk and obviously a little bit utopian for women. <laughs> right. um, but yeah, I thought that was really good. And Empire of Sand by Tasha Suri. Have you read that fantasy romance? No, she um guessed it with I want to say Anna, but yeah, she guessed it with her this month. Yeah, I loved that book, and that's true fantasy romance because a lot of times. It'll be, you know, that I read a lot of urban fantasy or, you know, mm-hmm. and that skews more fantasy than romance. But I think that's another book that's a really good mix. I also really loved Paladin's Grace by T. T. Kingfisher, which is another second world fantasy romance um, that's set in a world that she has other books in. And I've, I've read another one that wasn't wasn't as romancy, but the world is really, really fascinating. So they have these paladins, which are like, like, I didn't know what a paladin was. It was like a knight, but a knight who's in service to a god. So this, this world with all of these different gods and in Paladin's Grace, this the main character's god has died. And so it leaves him in like a spiritual quandary. But it's just a really intriguing world. And uh, the, the female main character, I'm trying to remember what she does. Of course, it went out of my head. But like, she's not a forger, because that's the other book. She does like perfumes or she makes, I think she makes perfumes. So yeah, I really, I really like that one. Anything by Grace Draven is wonderful fantasy romance. Naomi Novik, who has, it's it's like, there's a couple ones that are, are lighter on the romance but it's there it's like woven through and when at the end of the book i'm like is this actually a romance because it's so subtle and sometimes a lot of the like this 
the epic fantasies or the second world fantasies that have the romantic subplot you can't really call them romance but the romantic subplot is is still very important even though it's mm. very subtle you know it's like they're not pledging themselves and they, they there's no sex on the page but the emotional connection is really strong and so even though i miss the actual romance part of it like it gives me just enough that i'm like okay i think right, I, right. I feel it you know like i feel that connection between them even though it's it's under like a little bit undercover <laughs> right 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 it's just enough to get you, it's enough to tie me over till i get to another book exactly <laughs> yeah like and i'm gonna read a real romance <laughs> right <laughs> But it was great talking to you, especially since I haven't seen you in so long. It's been it's been so long. I'm used to seeing you like two, three times a year. Right? <laughs> when the people in Maryland start doing what they supposed to do, mm-hmm. we can open back up. We'll be on the other right. side of it one day. Yeah, one day. So we'll just we'll just have to fantasize about it for now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, this was good talking to you. Let everybody know again where they can find you on. Well, where you want to be found. Somebody, somebody else on the Double Podcast. I heard them say that. Tell people where you want to be found. <laughs> my website is lpenelope.com, and that's where my um my podcast is also. And I like Instagram the best. I'm Leslie Penelope on both Twitter and Instagram. And it's L E S L Y E P E N E L O P E. So. That is where I am. I hope you'll check me out. And thank you so much, Danny. I, I really enjoyed talking to you again and being on the show. Thanks for. Um, I'm about to add, tell you thanks for having me because <laughs> it was it was such a it was such a privilege, you know. <laughs> and I'm used to seeing you talk about stuff so much, so it really was it was a privilege just to talk to you one on one in this in this format. Right. So yeah. thanks. No problem. I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> We hope you enjoyed this episode of Rom Book Pod, Inclusively Yours. If you like weekly recs for inclusive romance, please take a moment to subscribe. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest at Rom Book Pod. That's R-O-M-B-K-P-O-D. Thank you for joining us, and until next time, happy reading.